Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. Hey Amarillo is sponsored this week by Wick Realty. Katie Wick and her agents just helped my family buy and sell a home. But what I love most about this company is that they're invested in seeing Amarillo flourish economically and socially for all groups of people. If you're buying or selling, building a home, looking for investment property, if you're a first-time homeowner, head over to wickrealty.com. That's W-I-E-C-K realty.com. Today's guest is Salat Duale. Salat has lived in Amarillo for several years, but originally he immigrated to the U.S. from Somalia. Back in East Africa, he was a medical doctor, but due to some of his work where he lived, he and his family were targeted by Al-Shabaab, a militant Islamist group associated with Al-Qaeda. Salat is a Muslim himself. Somalia is almost exclusively Muslim, but the threats on his life convinced him to leave his home in the name of safety. So now he's here in Amarillo, and in this community, he's found that safety, along with a really strong Somali culture here. And while Salat can't yet work as a physician in the United States, he started his own small trucking business. I really enjoyed talking to him. I think you'll enjoy his perspective about Amarillo's immigrant and refugee community because he is someone who is living it right now. So here's Salat Duale. Salat Duale, welcome to the Hey Amarillo podcast. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, I definitely want to talk about the work that you do now in Amarillo and the life that you have here. But before I ask those questions, I would like to ask you what brought you to the United States in the first place. So tell me where you grew up. I grew up in Somalia, East Africa, and I came in the United States in April 2009. I first uh, came in Michigan, where I have spent a couple of years. And after that, I shifted to Amarillo, Texas. What did you do in Somalia? What was your life like there? Yeah, in Somalia, I was a medical doctor. Okay. I was practicing medicine in Somalia. And you spent all of your life there before you came to the United States? I spent a couple of years also in Nairobi, Kenya, uh, because uh, there have been a civil war in Somalia in 1991. Therefore, uh, many of the community, they migrated to the neighborhood countries, Ethiopia, Kenya, Djibouti. I was one of uh, the people or my family moved to Kenya, where still some of them, they are still living there. What do you remember about your childhood when you were a young boy growing up where you did? In my childhood, uh, Somalia was uh, a peaceful country. They were very good government. They were, I mean, I was going to school at that time and I had a dream to become a medical doctor when I was in a, a childhood. And unfortunately, in my third year of medical school, a civil war started in Somalia uh, before I complete my degree, okay. and my dream was interrupted. So you were not able to fully complete your degree due to the civil war there? Exactly. Although uh, later on, after uh, a long gap, I have restarted my medical school in order to complete my dream in Sudan. Was that 
something that a lot of young men and women experienced. The Civil War disrupted all of their plans, their education, their lives. Yes, many people, uh, their life and their uh, dreams were interrupted by the by the Civil War. Those from elementary school, middle school, high schools, and also people like me who were in the middle of university, uh, all they were interrupted there by their education. And you see and, uh, people in that generation, only those who succeeded to go abroad and to continue education have uh, a good life and, uh, I mean, a better future. Those who did not get the opportunity and stayed in Somalia mm-hmm. within the civil war, they did not have enough and good education. And, I mean, they don't have professions and they end up like uh, uh, not in a good life. What were the circumstances that caused you to move away from Somalia, to move away from Africa and come to the United States? I had a kids there in back home. Uh, I married, my kids were there, and uh, I was really uh, comfortable in, uh, staying in Africa. Mm-hmm. However, and uh, there was uh, a connection I had with, uh, with a girlfriend that I was supposed to marry. Uh, that has been living in uh, Michigan for a while. Okay. And uh, she um, filed for me an immigration process through uh, marriage. And that's why I came on in 2009 and I've married in Michigan. Did you see that? I'd, I'd like to know whether that was more that you were following her to the United States or were you trying to create something new in the United States. What was the primary draw for you to leave your home country and come here? I was supposed to join that family because a distant marriage will not uh, right. help. She was not ready to come to and join me in Africa, and uh, I have to join and come here to create a, a new life from here and eventually to even bring my kids who were there in Africa to here to get a better education so that I, we can live together and have a, a better future in the United States. Are your kids here now? Yes. Did they come with you yes. eventually? Yeah. How many children do you have? I have four children. Okay. Three daughters and one son. How old are they now? The oldest is 21 years. Okay. And the youngest is 16 years. The boy is the youngest I Tell me what your view of the United States was before you moved here. When you lived in Somalia, did you have an idea of what life was like here in the United States? Yes, uh, everybody in the crisis, countries in a crisis like Somalia or Africa, or I mean, they have a dream, mm-hmm. and all of them, they dream to come to the United States because of uh, security, because of building their future education, better education, better health care. Uh, therefore, it was a, a very good chance for me to come to the United States. And I was dreaming one day I might go there. Were the dreams that you had, did they match what you found when you moved to the United States? Did you realize those dreams or... Were there some differences? Yes, I realize it. Okay. I realize it because uh, when I compare the situation of the children of the same age, my children in back home cities in Somalia, 
who have no education, who have no a better health care, who, I mean, has, has no a bright future. When I compare to my kids, I always uh, thanks to God. And I said, uh, this is really the opportunity and the chance you were dreaming to get for your, for your kids. Is Somalia better or worse now than when you left? The situation, it's not improving. Okay. Yeah, there are, uh, in the southern part where I come, always there is insecurity and there is uh, al-Shabaab against the government and, uh, you know, always explosions and fighting takes place in many cities in the southern part of Somalia, especially the area I come from. You mentioned al-Shabaab. Can you explain to people who are listening what role Al-Shabaab played in the crisis there? Yeah, and uh, Al-Shabaab, they have uh, started sometime like 2003, 2004, 2005, and they are Islamic fundamental groups, and uh, they are fighting to become the, the Islamic a government in okay. Somalia, and uh, I mean, and, and, and they are against the government. Therefore, Al-Shabaab, they are branch of ISIS, Al-Qaeda. They are branch of Al-Qaeda. And uh, in Somalia, we call Al-Shabaab. In other countries, those who are similar to Al-Shabaab, they have ISIS or any other uh, any, uh, names. So they are uh, those kind of group who are fighting against the government and uh, they they're killing the people who are who does not have their ideology tell me about your ideology or religious tradition in Somalia uh, I'm a Muslim Somalia okay. we used to say and hundred percentage it's a Muslim country however and uh, although al-shabaab themselves they are also Muslim but they are saying we are strict strict Muslim right and these other people are modern Muslim they are against them. Okay. So al-Shabaab, they are against the, any kind of religion. The other Muslim people they are killing, they are also killing uh, whoever does not have their uh, ideology. And after you moved here, you lived in Michigan for yes. a couple of years. Yes, yes. That was before you moved to Texas. Did you have any idea about what Texas was like when you came here? I had a connection. Two of my sisters and my brother-in-law have been living in Amarillo, Texas. Okay. Even uh, when you lived in Michigan? Yes. They were already here? Yes. Even before I come to the United States, okay. my sisters and my brother-in-law have been living here in Amarillo. And uh, I had that kind of connection. Did a lot of people who live outside the United States think of Texas and they think of cowboys and horses in the West? Did you have that same idea of what it might be here? Yeah, exactly. Even and, uh, when I communicate to my friends back home, and uh, they ask me, where are you living now? Uh, their first impression, it is like Minnesota or Columbus, Ohio, where there is a large number of Somali people who right. are living there. So when I say, no, I'm living in Texas, you, they say, oh, the cowboy and uh, cities, you are living there. Yes, I'm with them at this time, yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you discovered when you moved to Amarillo. What was the culture like? Amarillo first when I came, and uh, it's because it, my sisters were living here, and uh, I've tried to 
bring them to Michigan so that we can join and become a large family. Everyone there. together. Yeah. But they were trying, my brother-in-law and my sister, is to bring me here with my kids. So they finally succeeded, and I was I had the impression of uh, a small cities, and uh, it was different from the east side uh, where there is a lot of trees and uh, right here is like scattered i mean like a small cities but finally i like it it's not the way i thought before yeah how does the culture here the people here and the landscape how does that compare to where you lived in somalia amril has the same kind of weather i mean uh, uh, comparing to the tropical area in Somalia where sure. I come from, uh, where all the year you might have uh, sun and, uh, and a, couple, a couple of months rainy, something like that. Therefore, it is kind of weather similarities in my back home towns. Therefore, it's one of the things that love me to, to stay here longer. Does your family feel the same way? Do they feel a connection here? Yeah, exactly. That's why they didn't want to leave and go to Michigan. They wanted you to come to this area. Yeah, they eventually knew that I would like it. Might be the first impression you might think like it's a small city, but uh, later on when you see how Amarillo, the people are living and the weather and everything, eventually they knew that I would like it, and actually it has become practical. There is a sizable Somali population here, is that right? Yeah, correct, yeah. They've been... And I mean, I can say first families started coming here like 1999, 98. Uh, and then when my sister and my brother-in-law, they came here, it was 2000. So at that time, the number of families were countable. But later on, the number has increased and now they are a quite sizable community. Do you have any idea how many people here come from Somalia? Although I don't have the exact number, they're close to 800, 700, something like that. Tell me about that culture of a group of people who maybe share a similar homeland. You may not have known each other, but you all moved to a new place in Amarillo, Texas. Does it feel like you're all part of a family, even though you might not be related, even though you might not have known them before, do you feel connected to them? Exactly. I only knew when I came to Amarillo, Texas, my brother-in-law and my sister is. Right. But now everybody in the Somalian community or people from East Africa, the immigrant living here, they basically, most of them, they know me in the last three years that I've been here. They're saying me, hey, Dr. Salad, how are you? And everybody respecting me uh, because whatever relation is in back home, whether they are enemy to each other, whether they are fighting as a tribe, tribalism or something like that, when they are in abroad and they come like a small city like here or uh, in somewhere in Europe or they, they come together and they, they, they help each other, uh, those who can communicate to the government offices. They help the others who cannot uh, fill the forms or cannot communicate. Uh, therefore, here they are very united community. Okay. And they, they, they joined, yeah. I'm interested in 
how someone coming from Somalia adapts to a new culture, not just in the United States, but in Amarillo, Texas. Have you found that it is difficult to fit into a culture here, or is it easier than you thought? It is easier than everybody thought. Why uh, is that? Because in, uh, Somalis, they, I mean, they are basically mostly oral society. When they are coming in one location, they have the decision to where they are ending up. Right. Where, for example, and those who came before them, they sit with them and they say, what is good for here? And uh, what kind of job I can get? What kind of progress I can make? So they advise each other and they help the people to, to settle. Okay. If someone new comes to the place... First, you see, if she's a lady, she will see a couple of women, and those women, they maybe guide her where she starts and what she can start. And if he's man, also he goes to the, to the men of the, I mean, within the community. So and, uh, they always guide each other and help each other. You mentioned finding a job. Tell me about the work that you do here in Amarillo. I was a medical doctor in back home. When every medical doctor or professional person come to the United States cannot immediately practice right. unless that person goes to a couple of board tests. Therefore, I'm uh, busy still to prepare my board test in order to become a, a pract- uh, I mean, licensed physician here. Uh, meanwhile, I, I'm a student in West Texas and I'm, okay. I'm doing my MBA, uh, healthcare management uh, in West Texas, and I'm about to graduate at the end of the year. Okay. Therefore, uh, the thing that I normally do now as a prof- uh, as a job, it's uh, an interpreter that I help be medical interpreter as I mean uh, the community, and also I started a small business, trucking business. Right, uh, a yeah. trucking company. Yeah. Tell me where you got the idea to do that. When I came here. In Amarillo, I was told that the trucking business, it's booming here in Amarillo. A lot of Somalian and, uh, and uh, men, they took a CDL driver uh, license and uh, some of them, they own their own trucks and they are owner operators. And those who cannot be an owner, they, they're just driving for other companies. Right. And I was actually told that it's a good business where the owner can get a good amount of money at the end of each month and the, after he pays the insurance the the repair after he pays uh, the the driver and all the maintenance he will have a good amount of income that's why i i tried to to see whether it is working or not yeah was it difficult to start your own business Having only lived here for a few years and coming from a different country, was, was that a challenge for you? Uh, no, actually it was even much easier than I thought. Okay. And you just go to the right office of the government, you take the right procedures, and it was just in a couple of weeks that uh, I, I waited the MC number and the DOT number and all the required papers. Uh, after that, I was uh, a company owner very easily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now you have 
some other people who work for you, who drive for you. Exactly. And it's a kind of even uh, creating a job for the for other them. people. Yeah, for them. Yeah. I would like to know what are some parts of the American culture, whether it's the larger America or maybe Amarillo, Texas, that remind you of back home? Are there, are there parts of this area that remind you of Somalia? And maybe the area, maybe the people here. As I said, uh, Amarillo's weather, mm -hmm. and I mean, uh, hot, except a few months of, uh, of snow, uh, reminds me back home. My family like it here to stay uh, since we used to live in a hot uh, climate weather. Uh, that reminds me, I mean, in, in back home. And otherwise, uh, immigrants, they usually uh, settle in some areas of each city where they are. Right. So the area that we are living now, it is, there is a, a Somali groceries, there are Somali restaurants, there are, uh, you know, a meat uh, a grocery that Somalis, they, they communicate among themselves. Right. Yeah. Is it because of that? Is it difficult to get to know people who are not Somali? Like, do you have opportunities or does your community have opportunities to interact with people who are, are not part of your culture? Yes, and I don't have a real answer for that, but I always feel that in integration of the immigrants and the people from I mean, uh, from the area here in Amarillo, it is very poor. Uh, immigrants, they communicate among themselves and, uh, I mean, the other people, they do not, they do not, they are apart and that's what we want to improve. Right. Would it be better, do you think, for your community and also for the rest of the city if there was more interaction? Exactly. That's what we are uh, trying, uh, I mean, uh, Integration is very important. Otherwise, there was there will be always suspicious, and mm -hmm. uh, these uh, American people is might have a, a not a positive idea from the immigrants and immigrant themselves. Also, they might have other uh, wrong understandings from. So, if we are apart and not well integrated, there is always uh, a miscommunication, uh, is misunderstanding. You know among within the community. Therefore, they will never feel home. They belong okay. to Amarillo. Although they become many of them citizens, they fulfilled all the requirements. Now they have, uh, uh, they are citizens through neutralization. And they still feel that they belong, they do not belong to, to, to Amarillo or to the United States. Yeah. Do you feel as if Amarillo is a welcoming place? For immigrants or for refugees from other countries? Yes, I actually feel in the last three years that I was here, I always see people, uh, they welcome you, they, 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 they are happy to learn you. When we come together, whether we talk to each other in the West Texas University mm -hmm. or whether in the neighborhood, I mean, I feel like they welcome, they welcome, yeah. I, I want to know, since you are a father, you have children here, you grew up in Somalia, you learned, you know, the culture and traditions of your family and your community, you know, from, from your parents. Your children are growing up during their teenage years in the United States, in Texas. 
do you have a concern about how you communicate your culture to them, you know, with all these other cultural influences from school or from television or their phones or, you know, whatever? Is, is it important to you to retain some of that distinct part of, of what you had in Somalia? Yes, uh, that's a good question, really. And uh, it depends the parent. There are kids who grow up here, and uh, I mean, now they are like teenage or they are college level or whatever, who uh, does not have a, a strong connection with their own culture, their own language, or uh, I mean, anything like that. Uh, and some other is like me. I always try to retain their culture. Sometimes we take them the summer when the schools are closed to Africa. Okay. Now, two of my sisters, they are going to Africa uh, in May and my brother-in-law. So last summer, my sister and my son, they went to Nairobi, Kenya and Somalia. So if we frequently engage them to uh, the during the holidays to, uh, to be connected to the back home uh, relatives and visit the weather and how the people are living. When they come back, they will improve their language, their mm -hmm. culture. And uh, I mean, we always try them to, to, to sustain their culture, their language and everything. What are some particular things that you hope to pass along to your children? You know, that, that is distinct in Somali culture. You know, you, you mentioned like the language and some larger things, but are there some more personal things that you hope, this is what I want you to, to know and to realize about who we are? Yeah, those things include uh, the respect to any kind of human, the mm -hmm. respect of the parent. We always and I sit with them, advise them that they have to respect the humanity, everybody that they meet in workplace, in a school place, in the neighborhood, uh, those are priority for us. Okay. Yeah, and better communication and uh, strict in their own culture without uh, damaging to any other one's culture or, or interfering any other cultures. Those are the things that we always guide them and we want them to, to be strict. Can I ask about your religious tradition here in Amarillo? Uh, I know that you're coming from a place where you said Somalia was 100% practitioners of Islam. Yeah. Amarillo, that is not the case. You know, it's a distinct religious minority here. Yeah. Has it been difficult to maintain those elements of faith while you are here? Uh, yes. And what I know is that in Amarillo, no one interferes about your uh, worshiping or about your uh, religious uh, Practice, no one interferes. Therefore, uh, the Islam, Somalian, and the other Muslims here in Amarillo, they have several mosques. Mm -hmm. They go and worship to their mosque whenever they have gathering, and uh, the community do not interfere. Although, in, uh, whatever happens in far places, you might think that it might happen anywhere else in the world. And like a couple of weeks before what happened in New Zealand, right. uh, a mosque was attacked by a crazy guy and he killed 50 people in a couple of minutes. Therefore, the Islamic people, including 
we uh, Amarillo citizens. We've talked about that and what happened there, and uh, there was always a fear uh, someone like that person can be everywhere in the world. Right. And then people, when they go to the mosque gathering on Fridays, they think like, do we assign security people to watch us while we are worshiping God or while we are praying? Uh, anything might happen. So what do we do about that? They have discussed it, and uh, we actually hope that it will not happen in our area or any other places such that that makes us fear. Do you feel that Amarillo is welcoming enough? You you said that that you feel like you have the freedom to worship however yeah. you want. Yeah. Um, that that there's something about maybe the mindset here in Texas where we are individuals and we want you to be free to do what what you would like to do, where it's maybe more open to different beliefs or different practices. Yeah, it is. It's more open, and uh, uh, so far during my stay here, and even the people who were here before me, they never uh, mentioned any kind of uh, of restrictions, and uh, they they had their own freedom to practice whatever they want. Yeah. The the one other question I wanted to ask, and this is because Dr. Ryan told me I should ask you this: is how many American homes have you visited? as a newcomer to this area? Only one house. Really? Really. I have visited only one house, and it is Dr. Royani's house, and I did not even visit only one time. Yes. I, I'm f- free to go anytime. The doors are open for me, and uh, it was just a few days before when I was chatting with Dr. Ryan in his house. I've never visited any other person's house. Is that common within your community that... You have not had the opportunity or maybe the friendships to to enter someone else's home. Yeah, uh, it depends. And I don't think now with that number of Somalian community who are here, there is someone who visited any American houses. I don't think. I don't know. They they are not connected, the community. They are not connected. It is not easy a Somalian person be invited in a, uh, in a friend's house, and they go to that house. So there is a kind of fear from each other. The white Americans, they do not go to the immigrants' houses mm-hmm. easily because, uh, I don't know, still they are not, they, they do not integrate it each other. So. And yet I know that within the Muslim religion, hospitality is highly valued. And within the Christian faith, hospitality is highly valued. And the people of Somalia might practice hospitality, and the people of West Texas might practice that, but yet the two cultures are not coming together. Yeah. I believe we are now, uh, we have uh, this uh, program that Dr. Ryan is running, uh, a refugee language project. Uh, right. project. Uh, which is very good, and the Somalis at the beginning, they were not, they were not interested. Doctor Ryan made mm. a lot of patient. At the beginning, they were not interested. I understand the final aim of Doctor Ryan to break the gap, and the people improve their language, and even the cultural uh, barrier to remove all this. 
from day one when I met Dr. Ryan, I like it, his agenda. Gradually, now the many Somalis are coming to the, this project. They right. are coming. Um, a lot of number are coming still. They said, oh, Dr. Ryan, we thought that he's going to interfere our, about, about our religion or, I mean, the language and the other uh, help. Nothing is free. He might have some other agenda or, or interfering our, our culture, our religion, something right. like that. Some suspicion, suspicion of his motives. that they might be converted or something like that. Finally, what they have seen that nothing is hidden. Everything it is just for their interest. And now they are coming more and more to the program. And do you feel it is important it is very, for your community? It is very, very, very important. I'm also one of the volunteers okay. who uh, work with Dr. Ryan. And uh, I see that new faces are coming every every week. You know. And do you think it's important for members just regular Amarillo citizens to interact with your community in the same way. Exactly, because the fear uh, will, will disappear, you know. So the people might come together and nothing will have, you know, a problem with other one. Yeah. Okay, so like I hate to even interrupt this interview because I really, um, I, I really enjoyed talking to Salat. But this is the sponsor part of the show. And right now, instead of a sponsor message, I want to make sure you are aware of, uh, you as my listener, are aware of my upcoming live show. So podcast live shows are simply a usual recording of the podcast, but in front of an actual audience. So I will be there. I will be interviewing a special mystery guest if you come to the show right in front of you. We'll also have the opportunity for you to ask questions of me or of my guest. Uh, there will be an eight straight panel that I'll actually do a drawing for. So as someone in the audience, you might have the opportunity to appear in the panel. Plus, it'll just be a lot of fun. I'll have former guests there, the opportunity to meet people you may have heard on the show. I really think this is going to be a cool event. It's Friday, May 10th, and it's at Arts Fest, which is a new festival that's happening at Sunset Center that weekend. This is on Friday to kick off the weekend. Tickets are $10. You can buy those by going to the Facebook page for Hey Marilla Podcast uh, and looking under the events tab. That's the easiest way to do it. You can also find a link at heyamarillo.com. I'd love to see as many listeners as possible at this live show. Okay, I'm back with Salat Duale. Uh, Salat, this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. I'm going to ask you eight straight questions. Your job as my guest is to answer those questions. Uh, in as much detail as you want to. Uh, and a lot of these questions are questions that I've asked other guests, and so I'm interested to hear what your answers are. The first one, have you ever been to Paladuro Canyon? Uh, I've never been to Paladuro Canyon. I have heard a lot of times from my friends, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm planning me and my family to visit. Are you? Yeah. Have you seen photographs of it, and do you have a sense of what it looks like there? Yeah, I've seen uh, some photographs. Actually, I've seen in my doc, uh, my friend Dr. Yanni's house some uh, photos from okay. Apollo Canyon, but I've not visited yet. Does any of that look like anything in Somalia? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so yeah. it, it has some comparisons just in, in the way that it looks. Yeah, similarities. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you describe Amarillo to your family members who have not been here, so maybe to family back home in Somalia. How do you talk about this place where you live? Yes, uh, 
Amarillo is a good city to live in and to, I mean, raise a family. It's a small town where you can have a, a good weather, mm -hmm. which is uh, similar to, you know, back home uh, weather. And uh, it actually uh, has a lot of similarities in back home. People, they, they welcome you here in mm -hmm. Amarillo. Education, kids are, are raised here good. There are no, a lot of crime is, it's a good place. I can ex express that it is recommended. I mean, I can't recommend anyone to leave it here. But you have to explain to them that you are, are not riding on a horse or you don't own cattle here? Is, yeah. is that part of what you have to talk about? Yeah, actually, uh, even though I expose and I see a lot of uh, uh, horses mm -hmm. every every yard, every farm, every every house is mostly, uh, I I do not, uh, I mean, ride myself, but uh, it's a city where people are from from the cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Are they disappointed back in Somalia that, that you're not a cowboy yet? And they they assume that I eventually will be one day, okay. but uh, the more I spend many years here, the we'll, more I We'll will... turn you into a cowboy. Exactly, yeah. What does Amarillo have too much of? I observe too much constructionists. Okay. And... Going on everywhere, like Last road construction road or building construction. Yeah, I'm really ex expanding a lot of constructions. You know, now I feel like I'm really on Canyon are, uh, are becoming one city. Yes. Yeah, constructions are going on. Whether they are road and whether they are houses, which is actually positive. People right are very happy to see. But for someone in the transportation industry, might cause a headache. Exactly. Having to drive around or have your drivers Exa get through town. Exactly. But at the end, everybody wants to see the, I mean, taxi payers are happy to see their taxis are, are improving the roads, okay. uh, situation of the roads, yeah. What does Amarillo not have enough of? There is not enough connection among immigrants okay. and the citizens. That is, uh, I mean, too little connection is, is there, so... It would be very, very good that the connection among immigrants and uh, minorities and uh, uh, and the citizens should be better than the, the way it is right now. Okay. I can also say about uh, not enough uh, professional jobs available here in Amarillo at the moment. Many people who I think they have uh, graduated from the universities, they go other states for for jobs, therefore, I mean, uh, job availability, especially in the professional jobs, they are not enough. What is your favorite type of Amarillo weather? Summertime. Okay. Summer weather. The sunny, that is the kind of weather I had in back home. And that is one of the reasons I choose to stay here longer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that something that, that other Somali people agree with like do they like the hot summer weather here because it is closest to what they had back home yeah exactly when they ask me about uh, amarillo why you choose here and why all the people that that are here they always mention that it is uh, similar to our back home weather okay. and uh, uh, that's different from michigan the michigan <laughs> exactly those who are there they they are not happy with the cold okay. they have difficult when there is a lot of snow there, they, they always say, oh, we'll be 
good to go Texas or Florida or the sunny places, you know. What is your favorite coffee shop in Amarillo? I mostly go to Starbucks. Okay. Uh, and sometimes also I go to a Somalian uh, coffee shop. Is, is coffee as much a part of the Somali culture as it is here? Yeah, we uh, we are coffee drinkers. Okay. Somalis, they drink coffee, has no even time, not in the morning or in the night. Any, any, any time of day. Any time of the day, we drink coffee. Is, is there a difference between the Somali coffee shops and Starbucks or some other place? Yes. Uh, in Somali and uh, coffee shops, they, they have that kind of coffee, black coffee, mm-hmm. which is uh, basically an Ethiopian uh, coffee type. Okay. Uh, grounded, and uh, it's not like cappuccino or uh, with milk. It's usually black, yeah. Okay. Is it, is it served in a different way? Or is it still drunk the same way? Yeah, the same way. Okay. It has no and different and, and kind. It's only one type. How many Somali coffee shops does Amarillo have? I think we have four. Four, okay. Yeah. I've never been to one. Yeah. What is, and this is my last question, what is something that people do here to help immigrants or refugees that actually is not helpful? I would say... There are a lot of organizations trying to improve the language, English language of the immigrants. Right. Uh, at the same time, sometimes they mix with uh, uh, religious sessions or Christianity, uh, I mean, uh, sessions, something like that. Right. So, and uh, many people, uh, when they are, they are interested, when they come first and they see, that it's not pure English or English language and they have other agenda or something like that. They uh, eventually uh, go back one by one, one by one, and maybe the, uh, the instructor will end up like two or three people or maybe zero. So, and they think that they are uh, helping the people to improve the language. But you see that uh, if they mix with other other programs, mm-hmm. Uh, people might not benefit from there. So that is one one thing that I would say it is negative. It is not positive. Does that cause, for someone like you, who is a, a practicing Muslim, does that cause offense to you that someone wants to help you with English but also has an agenda religiously? Or does it make you uncomfortable? I mean, how does that make you feel? Yeah, and it is actually making uncomfortable. Okay. And uh, that's why they rather prefer. So you don't feel uh, angry about it, but you feel this this is not an ideal yeah, relationship. This, yeah, this is not what I have intended to benefit from here. He he wants to teach me a li- little bit of English, but also to have other kind of agenda. Therefore, they will not be comfortable and they back up. Okay. Yeah. They rather back up. So that's one thing. The other thing, and uh, which is not helpful always, it is like the food stamp and uh, housing and uh, all these benefits that the government, that's more general one. Right. The other one was uh, more uh, per- personal. But So this housing and, uh, I mean, food stamps, if the government offers every person and it will discourage people to find a job, to work, okay. to 
uh, work their incomes and uh, get money. Uh, see, they will they will think that if the house is paid, if the and food is paid and everything is paid, why should I hustle? Why should I work? Something right. like that. Those thinking like that way, it's better to encourage them to work. Okay. Yeah, to uh, give them a profession. Uh, I mean, uh, have skills to work, how they can have skills and then how they can work and produce their own incomes rather than giving everything for free, you know. So that concludes my eight straight questions. I like to end by asking my guest to endorse something about this area. So what is one thing that you would want listeners to know about or to experience in Amarillo? Yeah, I would endorse people to encourage about opening a new business and a small business uh, and, and what any kind of a small business. Therefore, they can create a job for people who that does not have job. Okay. So job creation is supporting, encouraging, opening a small business. Those are uh, something that I could encourage you. And you found that that process was easier than you thought it might have been. Exactly. When I have opened my tracking business, I did not have any idea about tracking, and I've created a job for a couple of drivers, and uh, it was even easier to the way I thought before. Okay. Salat Duale, thank you so much for being on the Hey Amarillo podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and I appreciate your interview. Hey, it's Jason, and before you stop your podcast player, I want you to know that Salat's African Muslim community is opening their new mosque building this Sunday night, April 28th at 8 p.m. It's at 2430 Fritch Highway, which is about a mile east of Travis Middle School. I'm going to be there, and you're invited to come too, if for no other reason than to show support to Amarillo's Somali and Sudanese communities. And you can eat some Somali food, Uh, and, and forge more interaction between Amarillo's different people groups. Because the more closely our communities are knit together, the stronger our city will be. I really believe that, and I hope to see you there. Anyway, that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Salat for the interview, and especially to one of this podcast's executive producers, Ryan Pennington of the Refugee Language Project, for connecting me to Salat. Also, I'm really grateful to Wick Realty for the sponsorship. This show is produced, written, and hosted by me, but it's edited every week by Angelina Medina. Executive producers of Hey Amarillo include Chris Elda, Josh Wood, Patrick Burns, Jennifer Callahan, Katie Linger, Neil Nossiman, Ryan Pennington, Wes Reeves, Corey Burns, Daniel Davis, and Wilson Lemieux. You can help keep this show free every week by supporting it at patreon.com slash heyamarillo. And while you're at it, go get your live show tickets. Thank you for listening. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week.